0: Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. I am Jay. And today is August the 23rd, it's 2021, and uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, a little bit of a rehash from the other day, from our last podcast, where uh, we were discussing uh, people who are opposed to minimum staffing, and, and someone wrote in, I had a good feedback, by the way, I'd say about 99% was uh, in supportive of, of uh, uh, minimum staffing, and, and the one who did write in That was opposing it, and it actually had two. But the one I'm choosing to to share today is the one that said, you know, these ignorant people. Instead of uh, blasting them, let's educate them. And with that, I completely agree. And I would say absolutely, that's what you have to do. Except when you're trying to deal with someone who is, uh, you know, uh, just absolutely toxic. You can't tell somebody like that anything. Um, I do think you have to try. I agree with that. And, uh, but there are people who are so toxic that you can't tell them anything because they know best. Again, very small people. And it's, it's difficult sometimes uh, to talk to people like that. But we should give it a try. You're absolutely right. Then when they fail to uh, see the point, then you move on. Because ultimately they will fail to see the point in most cases. Uh, that's unfortunate, but there it is. Another piece of feedback that I got that agreed with everything, but said, hey, do me a favor. You make it sound as though all fire chiefs and command staffs are against firefighters. Could you, you know, speak to that? Absolutely. Not every fire chief, not even most fire chiefs or command staffs are against firefighters at all. Um, The vast majority of fire departments, the command staff do great work. Uh, Obviously, mistakes are made at every level of a fire department, at uh, every level of a fire department in the fire service. So, and absolutely, chiefs do have a tough job. It's not easy trying to keep uh, that balance of of protecting your firefighters while at the same time uh, trying to uh, please your bosses. And it's it's not an easy job. If you do it right, it's certainly never easy. And so, absolutely, by no means is this uh, the majority in the fire service, these people that don't seem to care, it's it's a small number unfortunately that number typically gets by with it because they have somehow convinced a very small number of people that they're adequate and so you know it happens and and look um, i celebrate uh, great firefighting and and great fire departments every day i i think they're on display uh, quite frequently there is uh, There are people who care about the firefighters, people who care about the citizens, people who understand that it's a dangerous job and that risk is going to have to be taken. Um, there's all kinds of great people out there. The reason that I'm focusing on on uh, these certain types of people is that typically they are able to hide under rocks. Um, and frankly, that's where they belong, but unfortunately, they need a little sunlight on them with respect to their views on minimum staffing um, their views on the fire service in general, uh, because they're not part of the fire service. I mean, they wear a uniform, to be sure, and you can call them a name or buy a title. Uh, but, you know, let's be honest, they're not. Um, want to switch to uh, what's been going on over the last few days. Uh, hurricane uh, went up the coast, uh, came ashore in, in, in the northeast, and, and caused uh, quite a bit of damage. Of course, people in the Northeast aren't used to having uh, hurricanes uh, hit them in the same way that people on the, in the Southeast are. Uh, they are used to getting bad storms up there, but nonetheless, they're not necessarily hurricanes. And so lots of, uh, lots of damage up there, flooded roads, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, move to uh, Tennessee now, where west of Nashville... It's a disaster. Um, There's no other way to put it. Uh, You know, people dead, people missing, uh, lives absolutely ruined. Um, I'm not sure of the exact total, 15 to 17 inches maybe, fell in maybe 12 hours or something. And here's something also to understand about the Middle Tennessee area and and where this took place is that uh, when you go down, you dig down in soil, uh, it's not too long before you hit rock. Um, so, everything in that area, when that happens, the water doesn't have any place, you know, the water doesn't continue to seep down. It hits that rock and it stops. And so, flooding is, is a natural occurrence anyway. But uh, when you get that massive amount of water that fell over that short period of time, um, it has absolutely devastated um, uh, these, these areas just, just west of Nashville. Uh, Waverly, I believe, is, is one town where it's just been, uh, you know, it's a disaster. And, you know, people talk about a 100-year, 500-year biblical flood, all these things. A good friend of mine mentioned yesterday something that, that really struck me. He said, you know, <clears throat> he said, you know, and, and it's fine to say those things, it is, but the bottom line is, is that we live in a time now that's unlike any in history. Lots of things have concrete on them. Um, We've blasted hills, I mean, all kinds of things. So, this isn't like a flood 100 years ago, it it resembles it in no earthly way, because we have uh, um, made runoff of of storms much more difficult. We have altered the natural flow of rivers and streams, all that. And and so it's a great point, because when we talk about, oh, this is a one in a 100 year, one in a 500, whatever, uh, what we're really looking at is we're going to see these things constantly because we have changed our world, and, uh, and the world changes, right? That's the way it goes. But it was a really good point, and sometimes we get into weather speak. I don't think outside of business that there is a worse uh, worse chain of nomenclature in the world other than weather speak. Um, you know, everything is a storm of, a cent- of the century. Um, you know, you, you don't just get the weather you're in storm mode, or superstorm mode, or triple, quadruple storm mode. It's, it's asinine. It's what people want, though. And again, it, it's, it's tough to look at. And when you look in, in these areas where this massive flood has taken place, it's, uh, it's just horrible. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, my thoughts prayers go out to all those folks and, and uh, you know, uh, for their survival. One thing I do want to talk about, and this was sent to me, several people sent different messages saying it, but, you know, in floodwaters where there's moving water, you can't say this enough to firefighters, don't wear PPE in floodwaters. You know, if we just take the gear that you wear, what's one of the things that everybody wants with respect to PPE? We've been wanting it since gear came out. We want lightweight gear, right? It's what we've always wanted. Well, it's lighter, but it's not light. When it gets wet and it's moving water and you fall or get drug under with boots on, with, you know, uh, PPE pants, coat, helmet, uh, yeah, it's not going to be good news for everybody. It just isn't. PPE... Absolutely, it's necessary in many, many places with respect to to responding to calls, but do be careful around these floodwaters. If you have an aerial truck that is trying to effect a rescue and it's out over a moving stream or a moving body of water, again, you know, if you fall off of that ladder, which is possible, and you have on full PPE, the chances of you being pulled from that river, uh, they have to dramatically decrease. You just have to think about it. Think about what waterlogged gear is like, what water rushing into your boots. And with respect to helmets, fire helmets are not the same as the types of helmets that are used in swift water. Now I'm not here to debate swift water. I know there are a lot of people out there who think it's garbage. A lot of people out there who think it's a necessity. I'm not getting into that today. What I say is this, if you're called out to a swift water rescue, Um, be careful about wearing your helmet if you're going anywhere near water. Water can rush up in it. It's got that chin strap. You're not going to be able to get it off. And no matter how big we are, no matter how much something weighs, water will always overcome it. It can overcome anything. You put it in the right situation, it can flip an aircraft carrier. It is flip destroyers. It, It flips all kinds of things. So even though you may have a vehicle, even though you may have a nice little boat, you need the training that goes with that. Plus, you need to have the proper equipment. You know, we can't say this enough. If you're being asked to do a job, you need to ask to have the proper equipment. If you don't have it, you're going to fail. And and frankly, you know, it's it's not the type of thing that anybody wants to see we don't want to see firefighters drowning because of uh... wearing the improper gear or the gear that just isn't meant for for that particular discipline and uh... fire helmets are great they they do the job uh, but they're they're structural helmets that's what they are and uh... it doesn't mean that every helmet can fulfill every single duty in the fire service it's just not going to happen so be careful and be wary of that um, line of duty death yesterday. Wilmington, Delaware Manor uh, was apparently the name of the department. Firefighter Cecilia Escobar Dupline, uh, I think she was 25. Um, she was assistant a motorist and uh, I believe she was struck and uh, perished this morning that was on 95 North and those, uh, those of us driven up there before and, it's it's a madhouse, and frankly, it's a madhouse on every interstate. Um, you know, you, you don't control anything on an interstate. Um, there There's no controlling people that are flying by at, at uh, 60 miles an hour and up. Um, obviously, get more into this as more information becomes uh, available. Uh, it, it's tragic when you lose somebody when somebody's hit on an interstate, in part because, um, you know, it's... It, just like everything is just unexpected Um, and then obviously once uh, once the department gets through this they'll figure out exactly what happened but our condolences go out to Wilmington Manor volunteer fire company um, up there uh, in or near Wilmington Delaware another incident to talk about no loss of life Flint Hill South Carolina a rig was struck, and uh, let me tell you, it destroyed that rig. Um, I saw a picture of it. Uh, I can't figure out when it was. I, I didn't see when it happened, but the picture caught me off guard uh, simply because it was just uh, it was demolished. And uh, Flint Hill, South Carolina, is um, it's right near, or just just above a little town called Ridgeway, which was a place that I um, actually used to go to lunch there quite a bit. Um, in, in a little town called Ridgeway and this is just going up Ridgeway uh, toward uh, toward Rock Hill and a uh, little bit up the road there you run into uh, to Flint Hill but uh, best wishes to all of them I didn't hear about any uh, serious injuries not yet I haven't heard as of uh, the posting of this I haven't heard anything um, and you know with regard to that you know I put a piece up on the website uh, I had someone comment to me asking, hey, you know, can you take gifts in the fire department? And what they mean is, can you take gifts from people in the fire department? And, you know, the answer is it depends. Um, you know, and what do I mean by gifts? Well, oftentimes uh, people are, are very generous depending upon where you work. Um, people will bring in things. People will, will bring food. They'll do that type of thing. That is, as far as I know, is absolutely fine. I don't know that there's anything that prohibits that other than a city or departmental policy. Um, You know, it's good when people want to help a department. It is. Um, Where it becomes more iffy is when you get outside of of the food type stuff. Um, Is there an expected, you know, uh, is it a quid pro quo thing? That becomes uh, more of an issue when it's perhaps a business um, or, or uh, any type of uh, church or civic group. And mind you, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that, that it's a little bit more of a question. Where it really runs into uh, significant issues, and we've seen it, is um, you know, uh, with respect to people accepting uh, gifts in return for something favorable. Um, there is no question about that not only is is uh, is it an ethical concern um, not only is it something that that you know you really need to think about but there are people who've who've lost their jobs there are people who've been indicted over it and it doesn't have to be a big gift it really doesn't Um, especially when when you get to certain parts of the fire department so operations has its role in all this and and then you have uh, maybe inspections of the Fire Marshal's Division. And Inve- arson investigators, you never want to take anything, obviously. And fire inspectors should never take a single solitary thing from anyone. Um, nothing. And that's when you can get into real trouble. Um, and, and again, it, it is so much is now as opposed to earlier uh, in time, <laughs> everything now is about optics. Uh, everything is about how something looks. So let's say that you take something from someone; they give you something, and it, you know it's all above board in your mind. You know you you did something, and and you performed a service, and they gave you something very small and insignificant, and you didn't think any more of it. Well, what happens when you have to go back, and and something doesn't go that particular uh, person or business's way, and they say, well, you know what? We thought that since we were giving you this stuff or giving you this drink or giving you this or that, 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 uh, you know, everything was okay. You shouldn't make any noise about that. Well, here's the thing. With respect to how it looks, you just got got. I mean, you're in trouble already. And again, optics are important in our modern, postmodern, excuse me, postmodern society oftentimes it's what plays on the news, not what goes on in facts. Uh, not, not the factual data, but the emotional data. People get upset with that. There are, uh, you know, and I, I'm not even using the word bribe here. Okay, I'm not. I am talking about just really bad optics. Now, if you're taking bribes, or if someone gives someone something and they get a favorable decision, and that favorable decision really can't be defended, um then you got lawyers involved and public officials and all kinds of things and don't forget this okay and uh you don't have to believe it but it's true businesses don't forget they don't forget that you came in and they gave you something and you walked out after your inspection or your first inspection or or whatever the case may be they will never forget it and it's not because they're geared toward being evil most of the time, those people are given that stuff in good faith. It's the way they operate. It's, it's good business practice in their mind. When you are dealing people, and this happened to me when I was a fire marshal. When you're dealing with people who have just come to the United States and they've opened a store or they're working in a store, very often, um, depending upon where they're from, but I've experienced it, they will try to offer you stuff because it's the price of business. And so for me, I had to, and I did, I explained carefully and very slowly, both for my edification and theirs, that this was not proper here in the United States. And that, um, you know, it it actually, um, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get by offering me a Coke or offering somebody, uh, you know, a fancy apron that has the restaurant's name on it. That doesn't work. And, and frankly, uh, these people, uh, they have put it in as the price of doing business because that's what they had to do where they were from. Or because they think, you know what, that must be what everybody does. I mean, it's what happens in The Sopranos. And if it happens in The Sopranos, then it must be everywhere. Well, it's not necessarily the case. But the point is, you as a fire inspector, fire marshal, you have to spend time explaining how, no, that is not the way this works. And unfortunately... If it's been done in the past, it's very difficult now to 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 sort of break that habit um, to stop people from giving stuff. But what you have to do is bite the bullet and do it, because uh, you know. And and the larger the city, the larger number of inspectors, you know, it becomes a little bit more of an issue. Um, everybody knows when it's a small small town. I mean, everybody knows, and and unfortunately, that's also a negative and and especially you know, as things play out in the future of a relationship between code enforcement and, uh, and businesses and, and homeowners even. So the bottom line is, this is the way I deal with it, is this, if you're in uniform, if they know who you are, um, don't accept it. If you're not in uniform and they know who you are, don't accept it. And in all other cases, just don't accept it. Am I making myself clear? Bottom line, don't accept a gift. It's, it is, number one, you are, t- you are showing them that, yes, you know what? You're appreciative. Thank you very much. But we don't do that. And a gift can be anything. It can be. Just pointing that out. Um, you know, I have, when you get a lot of email, you really want to, I, I want to respond to everybody but sometimes it just gets to be too much and uh, this one person wrote in from from a a good-sized department on the co on the east coast that's um, a really good department and said you know what um, we are fixing to start uh, another recruit class and we're looking for some quotes to put up and uh, you know do you have any and so i did my standard when this is not a hobby and then I also wrote, and I said, you know what, um, to me, if you start out from day one, know your job, do your job. And knowing your job is, is to me, perfect for somebody just starting in, in the fire service. Know your job. Once you know it, do your job. If you don't know how to do your job, or if you have a question, ask somebody who does, that increases your your intelligence base with respect to the fire service but at all times do your job the you know there's always a uh, a point where you know people go ha you know I'm kinda sick of this and and uh, you know what I'm just gonna coast and that feeling can be overwhelming at times but you are cheating yourself and you're cheating the people you protect if you allow it to happen also I don't think too many people feel bad for you. I, some people think that, you know, well, I got screwed over back in 74, uh, 1974 when I wasn't promoted to chief bottle washer and so now, you know, I've got a right to be ticked about everything and I do not quarrel with anyone's right to be ticked. You have that right. Um, but you don't have the right to not do the job, period. You also don't have the right to not know the job. And just because you were hired in 74 doesn't mean that you know everything about the fire service because things constantly change. To me, the greatest tradition of the fire service is its change. And there are people who say, oh, the fire service doesn't change. Oh, yes, it does. People within it might not change, but the fire service changes. It requires new skills. Now, the basics are the basics. The bread and butter is the bread and butter. But don't say the fire service doesn't change, because it does. So it is important that, that people are aware of how their job has changed over time. And the only way to do that is by staying involved in the job. It, it's not enough just to show up. You know, people think it is, and that's fine. But then when, you know, when they don't know their job or when things aren't going their way, the first thing they want to say is, nobody told me, well, why didn't you keep up with it? You know, I I get why people get upset. I do, and it's it's sometimes it's legitimate, but at other times it's the way life is. And nowhere on any piece of paper that means anything does it say you have a right to uh, have everything in your life go the way you want it to go. Doesn't happen. I don't care who you are. And so the point is and if we start this and and with in, in within, on the first day of a person's entry into the fire service and then continually expound on it you know know your job do your job if you do those two things i'm not saying that every break will go your way but more will go your way than not you won't always have a perfect relationship with with uh you know the people in charge or the people around you. But I can tell you this, if you know your job and do your job, you're, what you're doing is you are making sure that you will never be irrelevant. The minute you stop caring for whatever reason and stop focusing for whatever reason, no matter how, you know, no matter how right you may think you are, then you proceed to wither on the vine and, frankly, there are very few, if any, people who will feel sorry for you about anything because ultimately they realize that you don't know the job because you don't do the job. And doing the job isn't just doing one thing about the job, right? It isn't. That's where we find ourselves in trouble. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of guys and I heard it when I was young that, yeah, well, when we get a fire, you watch me show up. It's like, cool, you know, that's awesome. But... Yeah, your job is your job the entire period you're there. And so there are people who believe that, hey, you know what? I'm not doing the other stuff. Well, that's because you have poor leaders, I would imagine, because they're not moving you out of there. But also um, it's because people have let you be that way. But you can't get upset when others are moving ahead or moving forward. You chose to be where you are. So doing your job, knowing your job, vital to any career, vital to a career in the fire service. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, for another podcast. Until then, stay safe.